Kwaba. Welcome back to the Team Ghana U podcast, by size where you receive news, updates, discussion, and everything significant football and Ghana related. As always, I want you, the listeners, to be as involved by tweeting or emailing us for discussion or wanting more information. Hello and welcome back to the Team Ghana U podcast. Um, apologies for the actual late delivery of this of this podcast. Um, you know that week between Christmas and the New Year can be a bit crazy sometimes where you actually forget what day it is, etc, etc. Didn't mean to actually record this a week later than planned and you will get a podcast next week as we resume back to normal scheduling, I guess, in life and, and all that type of stuff. But with that, actually, Happy New Year. I'm recording this late in the evening of New Year's Eve um, as we ring in the New Year. I'm not too sure what side of the New Year or what side of the... Hmm, yeah, what side of the new year this will be, whether it'll be before the new year, before we ring in 12 or just after that. Uh, but we'll soon see as we, we continue this conversation. I've, as I've, as I've delayed the recording of this podcast, I've been listening to a number of really interesting topics, either on the radio or actually been reading articles and things of that nature. I'm going to get straight into it, actually, is in regards to pound for pound. And I think I'm going to, I'm going to title this podcast pound for pound in some respect. I'm not too sure. Um, because I found it interesting because I actually wasn't going to do a podcast based on this. I wanted to do a podcast based on, I think it was the last conversation and wanting to, uh, maybe add value or a bit more or a bit more context or meat to the bone in regards to the other nations and some of their budgets. And in some respects, I'm actually going to touch on those type of things. The reason being is because I heard Sam Matterface on TalkSport talking about very briefly what would be, I think it was wage budget and where the clubs finished in the championship. And that ultimately is what determined whether they had a successful season in some respect for some of them clubs and he didn't say that not getting promotion wasn't important but he said that's how some clubs actually determined their success whether they finish higher than their average and I'll give an example for that um let me who's in the championship just say Ipswich for example um so he he named three things and I and I, and I'm, I might be wrong in one of them I'm not too sure but he made he named the wage budget and I believe where they finished. And I could be incorrect in regards to budget. But wage, um, in regards to the total amount of wage they play, they pay for their playing staff. Budget, in regards to how much they either spend or they have to spend. And then obviously where they finish. And ultimately, if they finish above um, the ranking within those lists, then that would determine whether they've had a successful season. Because ultimately, I guess it would have proved otherwise as to whether they've... Um, kind of like... Um, um, not receive the profit, but they're in profit for the season. Um, and I guess, like, ultimately, you can only, um, I don't want to say, you can only, you can only, if you're talking about boxing and weight and weights, I mean, cause I guess what we're naming is pound for pound, but if you're talking about boxing and weights and weight, sorry, for example, if you fight your weight and you're successful, then you've done well. And I'm not too sure if I've even articulated that very well, actually, to be fair. But for example, if you're, if you're Ipswich and you're fourth in budget and you're fourth in wage, but then you finish second, then you've punched above your weight. And with that context, I'm going to go into a few examples that I've actually um, got up on my screen as to Premier League clubs and actually also African teams as well. And hopefully it provides a bit more context because I want to do a bit more research in regards to this. I think it's important, to be fair. Um, I want to know actually what the list looks like for Africa or for certainly for African teams. And... I'm not too sure. As we continue this conversation, I don't know whether I'm going to be able to list mine, but hopefully I provide you with a bit more context, which allows you to actually do some thinking as to whether whether Ghana, whether Nigeria, I've listed Morocco, Tunisia, the Ivory Coast, Cam- Cameroon, sorry, 
and then there's Egypt. But where they rank? Because we go into this AFCONs and we ask ourselves the question as to whether Ghana should win the tournament, where, we, where, 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 where do we sit and where do we lie within this conversation as to um, one of the favourites going into the tournament? I wouldn't say we're one of the favourites. I would definitely say we're one of the outsiders. But as um, a tournament develops, as we know, it's, it's more about momentum. And on the subject of momentum, actually, one of my, subject, one of my topics for today was going to be who's, who's been one of Ghana's best players this year. And as we go into the new year... I would say Kudus Mohammed has been phenomenal for West Ham, and it probably would be of no surprise to some, to be fair, you know. But I guess some of the arguments or conversations over the past couple of weeks have been he could have easily been a target for one of the top four or one of the big six now, as it's now being renamed, you know. Um, so that was a topic for me as to as we go into the new year, who have been some of these shining lights for Ghana, and he's definitely been one, you know. It's been a difficult year for Thomas Partey in that he's had a lot of injury, and I actually. Before I began the podcast, I was looking at one or two articles and thinking to myself, where does he sit with um, potentially participating in the AFCONs, you know, as he's been out for Arsenal for pretty much the whole season, if I'm being honest. I don't know how that reflects or how people look at it. You know, me, myself, I'm an Arsenal fan. I don't know how that looks, actually, considering we've just come off the back of two defeats. How does it look to the fan base as to him now going to participate in the AFCONs? One outlook that I had was... Well, actually, he might get a bit of match fitness, which is good, you know. But at the same time, um, is he fit enough to actually play and participate in what is a big tournament? Um, to some, you know, and historically, it's not been looked at as a big tournament. But, you know, um, how does it look? What is the perspective on him going to participate in the AFCONs? It's a difficult one. Also, it's a tricky one. Um, I paused and thought there because I was beginning to think of the the perspective that is now actually had of the AFCONs, you know. Um, because again, I've been listening to the radio and um, as we go into what is the Christmas break in the new year, we've got Arsenal, I'm going to say Arsenal because it is true, Arsenal, Liverpool, um, City, mm, not really City, if I'm honest, but say Tottenham, we've got some of the big six or even, forget even the big six, you've got a lot of sides in the in the Premier League who are going to be without a lot of players and some of the conversations have been not whether they'll participate, but they're going to be without their sides, you know, and I guess how they're going to manage. Whereas maybe previously and historically, the conversation is, um, should they go, you know? Um, so it should be interesting to see over the next four to six weeks, how, six weeks, sorry, how they're actually perceived. When I say they, so I'm talking about the tournament, you know? And um, I was looking over the history and I think it was Morocco. I think they last won the tournament in 1976 or 72, and um, I was beginning to think as we go into a new phase of history, not even a new phase, I would say maybe it's where my mindset is at this moment in time, actually, as to I think more history is being recreated. Because I think in the last episode, if not the one before, we were talking about Morocco and again, them re, 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 rebirthing a new generation, you know, um, the World Cup that has just gone. I think all World Cups go down in history, but this one, I think, was quite solidified in regards to Messi winning the tournament, uh, Morocco going to the semi-finals. I think there were a number of different things that took place that made that made it historic. And I think within that, we're going to also a new dawn where I think more history will be re- re- will be recreated. And it, and it has me thinking as to, um, I don't know, really, actually... You know, I think there's a lot of history to be made. I, I don't know, I just feel there's a new dawn taking place. Maybe it's almost like a new crowning. You know, Messi and Ronaldo have disappeared or or they're leaving the game in some respect. And um, 
you know, even in the same regards to Africa, who are who are Africa's best players? I mean, we do know them. You know, Oshiman was recently named um, Africa's best player. Um, yeah, recently named Africa's best player, and there are a number of different shining lights within the talk within the within the continent and playing in Europe. Um, so, so it's interesting. But let me just move on. I don't want to hold up the podcast. Um, going down memory lane or, or talking about memory lane things. So I've got a number of different articles open at this moment in time, and I kind of want to list them very, very briefly. So I'm going to go over what I just said very brief, what I said very briefly. So I want to look at wage, budget, and ultimately where they finish. And I want you to hold that context as you think about some of these African nations. Um, but what I'm going to do to begin with, I'm going to read an article from what is Team Talk, or certainly I'm going to go over bits and pieces. So it's ranking every Premier League club by their wage bill in 2023 straight 2024. It says Man United in top spot, Liverpool fall outside the top four. And again, as I was saying before, Liverpool are currently, I think, top of the Premier League. So if they are outside the, the, the top four, I guess they're doing very, very well for where they sit within this whole construct of wage, budget, and ultimately where they finish. Man United are top. Um, so I'm going to skip a lot of this. No, I want to read briefly some of this, and then I'm going to kind of like get to some of the results. So the Premier League is arguably the most lucrative division in the world, and most of the clubs are, sorry, most of the clubs are able to pay huge salaries to their stars. Wage bills have continued to rise in recent years, and the highest-paid player in the Premier League now, now earns over 200 million per year. But it's not just the top six that spend a lot of wages as TV deals ensure West Ham United and Aston Villa now have bigger wage bills than the likes of AC Milan, Marseille and Sevilla. That was another thing. That was another thing. That was another thing, sorry. That was mentioned recently because obviously the Super League conversation came up again. Um, so I think that's really, really interesting. So in number 20, it is Luton Town who bring in ultimately, uh, not bring in, so it's a wage bill of 20, just over 24 million, so 24 and a half million. That's a lot of money, man. So a lot of money. I would be interested to know what the wage bill is for AC Milan, given that Luton Towns is over 24 million. In fact, let's type that in. AC Milan, AC Milan wage bill. Mm. Okay, it says for 2021. Quickly, hopefully it provides it quickly. Oh, God, I don't need to see this. Can you give me a total, please? Okay, it doesn't really give me a total. Um, oh god, let's hope it doesn't. No, it just gives me the gives it to me. Ooh, do, 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 do. It doesn't give the total. No, it doesn't give the total. It's just got it listed there. Let's just go back. Okay, let's not worry about that. We'll go back to that, or maybe you could do anyway. Maybe you could do that research. I'm not too sure, or maybe I'll find some time, find some time sorry, to list that. But as I mentioned before, Luton are 20th, and you've got the likes of Brighton. Who again are certainly one of who certainly be in the pound for pound list are in 14th and they've got a wage bill of 61 million, just over 61 million. That is phenomenal. So let me just read this actually. Brian's recent success on the pitch is made even more impressive by the fact that they are 14th in the Premier League's wage bill table. The Seagulls are widely regarded as one of the best clubs, best run clubs in Europe, and they often sign talent. Young, sorry, t often sign talented young players who don't command huge salaries. Phenomenal. Honestly, they've now become what would be the the standard bearer for, for recruitment in the Premier League over the past three, four years. And congratulations to them because although I don't think they'll finish inside the top four, I think they will be successful. Should be interesting to see how far they go in the Europa League in their maiden year and also where they finish in the Premier League because I think ultimately that is... Um, is that where their story will be written? I think in some respect it will be. If they finish outside the top six, 
I think if they get into Europe again, I think it's a successful season. But I think it'd be really interesting to see, obviously, where they actually finish in Europe as well. I hope they go far, to be fair. Um, do I want them to win it? I think I'd love them to win it, actually. Um, let's look at Aston Villa. So they're doing very well. And I guess they're third or something of the sorts as we speak. So they're currently sixth in the table. And they've got a wage bill of £117 million. Liverpool, um, £136 million. Yeah, I don't know when this article was written. This article was written... Only about a couple of weeks ago, so that's interesting. Okay, so Liverpool are fifth, and they currently finish top. Oh, they yeah, they're currently top of the Premier League. Chelsea's is 155 million, just over that. Chelsea had the highest wage bill in the Premier League in 2022-23, but did they bid farewell to several high earners in the summer, including Koulibaly, N'Golo Kante, and Kai Havertz. A number of Chelsea players also received a pay cut due to their failure to qualify for the Champions League, and they now have dropped down to fourth spot in this rank. The fourth spot in this ranking. I'm going to literally just name the top three, and then I want to move on because I want to make sure I discuss some of these sides in Africa. So Arsenal in third, and currently I think are fourth in the Premier League. Man City are second, and are currently I think third in the Premier League as of today. And top of that list is Manchester United. And I guess that's the reason why they receive quite a lot of criticism in regards to their wage bill, how much they spend. Because I think it's noted that they spent over a billion, I think, since Alex Ferguson retired. And they're currently, God knows where, probably like 10th or something. Like, mm, 10th. Am I doing them a disservice? Let me see. Premier League table. I hope they're 10th, actually. But let's just see where they are. Manchester United. Please, I hope I'm correct. They're 7th. But they played a game more. <laughs> yeah, they played a game more. Well, Chelsea are tenth. Yeah, and I, um, and if Newcastle win tomorrow and Brighton win tomorrow, then Manchester United will be ninth. Ninth, tenth, same, same in some respect. Okay, let's move on. Okay, let's just move on. I've lost this article. Okay, so what is this article? Um, da, 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 da. oh, this is interesting. This is very interesting. Um, I should have went through this article before I began. Actually, what's going on here? Close. Mm -mm -mm. Skip. Skip, 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 skip. Aha, superb. Okay, cool. So here on Planet Football, I've got something. Yeah, yeah, let's just go over this again. Okay, so here on Planet Football, it talks about... Okay, yeah, so I think they've done a comparison, obviously, where they've done wage bill, superb wage bill, total wage bill, and the difference, as in, in terms of placing. So they've got Brighton, for example, league position sixth, and I think it's based on last season. Yes, last season. Wage bill 18th, total wage bill, and it's got the price, which is 28 million point three, and the difference is plus 12 in terms of um, where they finished. That's correct, superb, phenomenal. Brentford, league position ninth, Wage bill, 20th. Total wage bill, 15.2 million. A difference of plus 11. So we're talking about pound for pound again. Newcastle, league position, 4th. Wage bill, 10th. Total wage bill, 62.6 million. A difference of 6. I love that. Let's do Arsenal. Um, my side and all that. League position, 2nd. Wage bill, 6th. Total wage bill, 85.4 million. Difference, plus 4. Mm, and we'll leave it there. And there's a lot of clubs who are punching above their weight, actually. Let's, who, who is not punching above their weight? Okay, so let me go for the clubs who are... Okay, so Fulham are fine, plus four. City, plus two. Forest, plus one. Villa, plus one. Leeds, equal. They went down. 
Bournemouth went down. Equal went down, sorry. Wolves, exactly where they should be. Equal, 13th. They're fine. Palace, equal. Liverpool, minus one, based on last season. In finishing fifth. Okay, cool. Manchester United, minus two. League position third. Wage bill first. Tottenham, minus three. Southampton, minus five. Everton, minus five. West Ham, minus five. Chelsea, minus ten. Leicester, minus 11. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. I think that's all 20 clubs in the Premier League. I could be wrong. But that is really, really interesting. Really interesting. That is really interesting. Sorry, I'm going to tell you where I got this from. I got this from Planet Football. So I think it's talking about essentially the, the league. To, so comparing every Premier League club's wage bill to its final position. Love that. Love that. Okay, I want to get into some of these African sides very quickly. And while I may not be able to have a, a table, I'm going to give you what I think the table is. Okay, so this article here is from The Conversation. Revisiting the bang African teams get for their bucks they spend on the World Cup. Now, it doesn't actually talk about all the sides here in Africa, um, but I found it interesting because I know it spoke of Egypt and how much they received. So, yeah, Egypt earns an estimated annual salary of 28... What's this? No, 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 sorry. That's not correct. Um... Okay, now I'll read that out anyway. So, for example, a top government official in Egypt earns an estimated annual salary of $28,000, while Egypt's current football manager, Heta Coupe, gets a reported $1.7 million annually. Egypt didn't make it past the group stages in Russia. So, again, it's talking about that pound-for-pound pound, um, sort of list. Or is it, it's a um, um, buck-for-what? What's that thing? What's that phrase for? Um, basically, do they get any bang for their buck? And I think that's interesting. Let's move forward anyway. So it says, in the case of Nigeria, the annual budget is 16.2 million. This is not candy budget by any means. On top of this, FIFA pays countries that qualify handsomely, and they and the, and the, and they're no longer and the longer and the longer they stay in the tournament, the more they get, the more they get. But this money, but is this money being managed wisely? Are the funds being invested in African teams worth it? And are there and are and are there wiser ways to manage the loot that comes in from the game? Big bucks. Hmm. Okay, so let's talk about that. You know what I really found interesting about this, actually? It speaks about the US. On top of this, teams can seriously land lucrative sponsorships. Take the US soccer, for example. It qualified for the 2014 tournament and received a received $49.7 million in sponsorship. Television, license, television. Licensing and royalties, according to the Football Federation's tax form in filings in 2015. There are strong case, there's a strong case to be made for this. Several local ones have done as well as expatriates. Take, example, take the example of Nigeria. Four years ago, the World Cup tournament in Brazil, in Brazil Nigeria's Stephen Keshi was paid less than his expatriate counterpart, but took the Nigeria team to the second phase. It was only a feat. It was a feat. Only a few expatriate Nigerian coaches have been able to achieve with the team, with the country's team. Do you know, it's really, really interesting. I think while we may not get enough information online in regards to um, how much... No, you can find the information. I'm going to list what I think the pound-for-pound pound listing is. Yeah, I'm going to list what I think the pound-for-pound pound listing is. Okay, cool. So I've got here Ghana, Nigeria, Morocco, Tunisia, Ivory Coast, Cameroon, and Egypt. Wages budget. 
Okay, so we've got a three, six, seven. I'm going to go, we have to, I think, go with, with the bottom. Where do I think? This is hard, man. This is very, very hard. Very, very, very hard. Wage budget. Do you know what I'm going to do? Out of all these teams here, I, I believe... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Okay, I believe Ghana will be quarter-finalists. So I, I'm going to put seven, unfortunately, in terms of where they will finish. All right? I believe Tunisia will also be quarter-finalists. I believe Morocco will be finalists. So I'm going to put them number two. I think Egypt will be semi-finalists. I don't think they'll go past the last four. I think, again, I'm going to put Ivory Coast. I think they'll be quarter-finalists. Um, that's not possible. I'm jumping around here. I am jumping around here. I think Nigeria will be semi-finalists. And I think Cameroon will be the finalists. I think it's going to be a Cameroon... Oh, no, no, I've missed someone out here. Sunny Gal, Jesus, in Jesus' name. Um, oh, I am going to chicken out here. All right, I think this final is going to be, going to be between Cameroon, Morocco, and Senegal. I think Egypt will be semi-finalists, also be semi-finalists, alongside potentially Nigeria as well. So that means one is going to miss out. And I think the rest are potential quarter-finalists. Um, in regards to bang for buck, I'm going to chicken out again. So I've not done this list correctly. I'm going to go... All right, in regards to wage, what do I believe? What do I believe? Wage, 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 wage. I actually don't know. And that, that bothers me. That bothers me. That really does bother me. But I'm going to actually get... I'm going to set anyway. So I'm not going to list anything. I think I think Nigeria up there in regards to how much wage and budget they have. I believe Egypt... I think, I think Egypt's the number one. I think Egypt's the number one. I think Nigeria possibly number two. And then from there, for me, it's a bit of a muchness. I'm not too sure. But I think Ghana are probably in the top half of this table. And I'm going to say Tunisia between Tunisia and the Ivory Coast, I'm going to say, are in the bottom half. But I could be wrong. But that is just my belief. I'm going to list the teams that I've actually noted down. So I've listed Nigeria, Ghana, Morocco, Tunisia, Ivory Coast, Cameroon, Egypt, and Senegal. And I'm going to leave it there for this week, actually, because I think I need to actually sort this list down. Maybe I'll put this in an article that's coming up. Actually, I'm actually two articles, two articles behind, actually. I'm going to make sure I sort that out this week. Um, so one of them is already. One of them is already. I just haven't, haven't put it out. And the other one I'm going to hopefully... Um, build around this in regards to what we want to do going into 2024 and um, but thank you for your time and i'd like to thank you for actually thank you all sorry for listening um into the podcast in 2023 thank you take care and look after yourselves that's it for this week's episode we'll be posting as usual via social media keeping up with the stories and fold in the coming weeks as always you've got any questions or queries email us at teamgarnieu at gmail.com or tweet or dm us at teamgarnieu on ig or twitter Thank you. Take care. We'll see you in a couple of weeks.